Hey folks, it's Jeremy Kirkland. You're listening to Blamo. How you doing? We all doing good? We cozy wherever we are? We nice and warm? Or uh, on the beach somewhere? Sometimes I always wonder, like, where, where is everyone while they're listening? Are you driving? Are you being nice? Am I, am I on CarPlay? One of those cool things? Whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm back from New York. It was one of those whirlwind trips. I don't know. Traveling is amazing. It's so incredible. But it's hard. And I always feel like an idiot when I travel. Like, like I brought... Uh, I brought seven phone chargers. Seven. I only used one the whole time. Glad I had six in case, you know, something went wrong. What am I doing? I'm an idiot. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, big pod this week. Huge pod. Uh, Guillermo Andrade, founder and head of design at 424. This guy, I mean, he's he's unbelievable. He's he's a phoenix from the ashes. He's He's been there. I, I mean... Huge, huge designer, and I'm very, very glad to have him on. We uh, we kind of went all over the map on this one, but we get into it. I mean, he he chats and he goes into it, and it was it's great because you know, like sometimes I'll have guests on, and um, I really have to pull things out. You know, I mean, I'll be trying to ask other questions, and I got to ask like seven to ten questions for them to answer the first question that I ask. And Guillermo was like. Okay, like he he was just ready. You'll hear it. It's a great pod. Uh, I mean, and four two four is a massive brand. I mean, they're basically. I mean, they're a brand that grew from a simple design and a small store in L.A. to being on pretty much everyone's back, <laughs> and even the official formal wear for Arsenal Football Club. Like that, that's a big deal. It's anyway. Guillermo and I chat about the creation of four two four, his early life immigrating to the U.S. from Guatemala the importance of giving your time, his love of suiting, why he admires Rick Owens, and what's next for 424. Let's go. So you just got back from Italy and Paris. Mm-hmm. You're on what season of 424 now? About 16 wannabe collections. Wait, wannabe? What do you mean? I only feel like now, like I finally figured it out. Oh, yeah? So, you know, okay. they're all like exercises, right? Yeah, because I think for me, I first understood you when you were like the armband. Mm-hmm. Right? That was that was early 424, right? That was the... the in essence, that was the, when the world found out about it. Okay. Uh, there was one collection previous to that. And I was still... It was actually probably today my most successful collection if I'm honest the, the one really? before the armband yeah um, at the time well I mean you know the f- success is a relative thing right to me <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it was eight pieces okay so just it was very tight <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. merchandising was on point everything was great funny enough now I'm coming back around to having smaller collections um, oh shit but at the time I couldn't travel because I, I didn't have my green card yet so if I left the country I wouldn't be allowed to come back in okay um, and I used a collection as a sort of uh, mood board for the next decade of my life. So mm-hmm. it was all of the things I was obsessed with, all these things I just found out about, you know, like skirts for men and, uh, you know, poplins and supima cottons and all these like beautiful fabrics that I just never knew were for men to wear. Um, and I tried to do my own version of it. And then the graphics for it was a very like Raph-esque, you know, sort of collage thing. Oh, yeah. But what I did is I took a screenshot of all of 
of the uh, on Google Earth of all of the exact locations I wanted to visit one day. So they're okay. they're all what are they called? Uh, you know when the, the image with all the numbers on top of it. The, the, you mean like the X Y coordinates? Yes, they're coordinates. So it's all the coordinates yeah. of the places I imagined I would have to go one day to see in person or you know visit for whatever purpose. You know, so it was like. Um, the Arsenal Stadium, <laughs> um, Tokyo. I figured yeah. out. I figured I'd want to move it to Tokyo, so I was like, "Well, I found the embassy," and I was like, "Well, you're probably gonna need to get a <laughs> a visa to stay permanently." <laughs> so I put that, and you can go back and track down all the coordinates of the places I most wanted to see in the world, and that was very special because that collection took me to Copenhagen, and that's where I first launched it, and I had no idea what was going on, but a friend of mine offered me half of a booth at at a trade show called Sif and I was yeah. like fuck yeah you know I was like <laughs> I was like you mean a trade show just not in Vegas I'm so down so we just <laughs> that's the first place I went when you know when I was allowed to travel for work was to to Denmark and Copenhagen that's a special place in my heart so now Dang. that was the that was let's see that was the end of 2015 bro and it was uh I went just to show stuff I didn't really go to sell it I was like this is like just cool to share you know so I set up a little booth and next thing you know there's a very, uh, you know, sort of strong character just comes up to the booth and he's like, you're going to sell this to me. And I was like, well, I'm not really selling stuff. Whoa, Jedi. Yeah, I was like, well, right, cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not really like selling it. You know, I, I just, I, honest, to be fair, I don't even know how. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, his name is uh, Claudio Antonioli. So that was the guy he's like putting pressure on me. And he's like, then the next day he sent, he came back with his team and, you know, they wrote an order and I, I couldn't really say no because I was like, well, it's got this pretty cool, you know, it's like, this guy's got one of the best i mean at the time i knew what the store was i freaked out i was like dude it's the guy from from yeah. from milan from antonioli it's the guy right so i went back to the hotel room i googled what is wholesale and <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you know that's where it kind of started Dang. all around okay. that time so it's like you know i had eight accounts by the time i left sif and um, my very first ever account was storm copenhagen mm -hmm, that's why mm -hmm. i had the confidence to go to denmark in general you know it's like there's a store there that sells my stuff so worst case scenario i take the samples i sell them and i fly back home you know? <laughs> right because i just you know like the, the shit was yeah, I feel like sometimes when people don't necessarily have too strong of a plan, they're able to react to things that come their way easier than some folks where it's like, no, 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 I have a plan. It has to go this way. I have to think this way. It has to work, you know? You, you, you there are people who really stick to their guns, you know? So they yeah. set a plan and come hella high water, that's the plan. Right, right. God bless them. I, I am not one of those people. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to yeah. figure out where some of that stuff came from. Because you're, where, where are you from originally? Guatemala. Guatemala. And so you came. There. I was 10 years okay. old when I came, came to the States. So every movie you've ever watched on Netflix, you know, with all the B and C list celebrities crossing the border, it shit's all true. You know, I came, I came to the States exactly like that. Um, I feel the story hasn't really been um, p properly documented and, and shared with, you know. What story? The story of a 10 year old kid and. And his family running across the fucking desert, wading in mud, oh, getting chased by helicopters, going under the wall. You know, there are so many people in this country with the same 
uh, story, uh, you know, or either our parents, our their parents, or our cousins and older brothers all right. have you know a connection to this exact story, and it, it's uh, it, that there's a lot of people in this country who share you know in the same experience, which is really yeah. which is really crazy. You know, if you think it's a, probably even half the population of America, yeah, I mean, the forty million people you know who are Hispanic who live here that are right. that are documented and counted for, and then you have you know their brothers, their moms, their dads, their uncles. And in some cases, a lot of family who was already born here to begin with. So it's it's uh, it's it's our story. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I I know exactly what you mean. I mean, obviously, I, I have not lived it. I was I was born here, but I mean, being aware of how this country was more or less founded by immigrants, you know, for people looking for a better life for themselves. I mean, it is. It's it's what yeah, makes it's, America America. It's gnarly. <laughs> Yeah. So you came here as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so would you say you're more or less raised in around like California? You know, I I like to say I had a second childhood. Mm. Um, My my very first, probably I came at nine turning 10. By the time I was out of middle school, I learned an entirely new code, a new system, a new new society, you know, new community, new everything. And in Guatemala, there was hardly any running water. There was no electricity where I was born, where I'm from, where I was raised. Um, you know, this is just kind of mountain and uh, just plants and kind of Amazon-ish, you know, like it's, 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 it sounds yeah. insane, but it sounds like those like, you know, the commercial, like donate 10 cents a day for these kids to like live for a year. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, yeah, yes. It's yes, kind of yeah. like that. It's pretty insane. When I watch those commercials, I'm like, you know what? I don't think those kids ever got the 10 cents. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at that. No, uh, I say, I, I say, right. I yeah. say it with humor because now, now I'm fucking American, and I'm like, yo, we got finesse for those ten cents, you know. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, I came to the states and I saw color TV like huge for the first time. I lost my shit, you know. I sat in front of it and I watched Tom and Jerry for at least a month. It was just insane. <laughs> it was like, crazy cool. Um, Tom and Jerry, that's extremely oh, specific. Yeah, yeah. I remember it specifically because it, w- it was a vivid, vivid realization that I was in a new place. Right. Um, and even though we lived in the hood, it didn't really matter because to me, it already felt like I was in Atlantis or something. You know, like <laughs> I saw cars. I saw fucking, there was 7-Elevens. There was like all kinds of things you just never imagined would be, uh, you know, such symbols of progression or a modernity i just i right. just knew i was in a new world uh, because it's so drastically different from where i was coming from so yeah. you know i finished elementary school went to middle school and by the time i was out i just I really understood i was a part of a new new place a new community new new people new way of life and to be fair you know at least in guatemala i didn't know i was poor yeah sure here people remind you daily oh shit yeah. and i grew up in a, in a kind of extreme contrast so you know real having realizations as a very, very young kid that, oh shit, I felt so happy, but these people have so much more than we do. And they abruptly make it apparent, you know? You, you, this is in LA? No, it, uh, up in the Bay, North NorCal. Yeah, okay. I'm not really, I yeah. still don't really claim LA like that. You know, like I'm still from the Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and it started fast for me. You know, I was 12 years old. I got on a traveling soccer team and I, I, I mean, obviously I couldn't afford it. Soccer here is for people with expendable income. Right. And I spent most of my days at soccer practice and getting, you know, driven home from the nice part of town to the not so nice part of town and getting dropped off, you know, at the end of the day after practice is always kind of a funny thing Um, where, and and God bless these people. I don't say this to be mean to them, but when I think about it, I'm like, man, fuck, you know, like (laughs) I would be in this 
green Chrysler caravan. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, like, pretty car, you know, shiny green car at the sliding door and shit. We were all like, wow, the car's sick. And, at the tan <laughs> interior. And, you know, they would just drop me off two blocks away, you know, on the main road. They wouldn't actually go into the neighborhood. I'm like, okay, we'll see oh. you later. It was like, you know, and the thing was like, oh, the freeway's right there. We just get, you know, we just, so I would just be like, I never thought anything of it. And then I, as an adult, I'm like, yo, if they were worried about getting robbed, like I was already in the car. Right. Like, the, we were already inside their car you know why not just drop me off at home yeah that's a good point so you know it's just like it was constant reminders all of the time you know that i i was just living a, a, a pretty drastic contrast you know because yeah. my friend's parents were doctors and lawyers and you know all of that stuff and my, my dad's a contractor and we painted houses but i was really sick yeah. at soccer you know so like ah uh, it was it was a, a preview of what was to come because my life has gone very much in that trajectory since I saw as far as I can remember you know like yeah like a like a I don't know like a king and a slave or something you know like in one one ball yeah no I mean I think that the contrast of that stuff because a lot of people being in the proximity of wealth definitely is a very interesting experience um, I mean obviously but because you know for some people you grow up in a certain area and your community is more or less tied to the same socioeconomic nature status. is nurture bro um, you know, yeah exactly I learned that yeah, fucking so term. Let me tell you, when I learned that, I was like, oh, <laughs> word. You think like just because of where I, where I live, you can tell me who I'm going to be? Okay. Right. Cool. You know, I took that shit to heart. It, yeah. And that's that's a very real thing, especially when, you know, I mean, I'm from the Midwest and where I grew up, you know, it wasn't, I want to be very clear, you know, I, I, I we were never concerned about food. Mm. But, you know, my parents had other friends who were, you know, at a different socioeconomic status than we were. And you start to real like for me, it was just like the video games, right? We didn't have video games. They had video games. Um, They had, you know, I couldn't do sports because, well, you know, we're going to go to church or we don't really have time. You know, my, my parents did a very good job of insulating me to things I, if I, if they would have been more transparent, I probably would have been more conscious of it where like, I was never worried about my parents' money situation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, it existed. We ate, we, you know, we, we did stuff, but there, I wasn't aware of like, oh, but that family has to do this. Why can't we live this sort of life? You know, but when you're where you are, it sounds like that's a daily. Well, the crazy thing was, I mean, you know, well, also, I think it has a lot to do with um, day, the day to day lifestyle. You know, we lived in, in kind of proximity to a big city, like really, right. you know, two, three job working people. And there's no time to process like, oh, let's not do it in front of the kids. Mm, yeah, that's you also know what I'm saying. Like that shit was like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, like it was 930 and like whatever was on the dollar menu, you know, like just barely made it home right. warm and you're like fuck and you know what like you're just stoked you got food like i never worried about food either but the quality of food sure as fuck was different yeah yep. right yep. and you yeah. know i didn't worry like we we were homeless and shit but i was loved mm. i never i never felt any anything like that you know like we had a kind of dramatic childhood and it was like active like it was always some shit going on but i always felt loved always you know and i didn't have any rules my parents didn't fucking ground me uh i you know i could do whatever i wanted 
wanted, essentially. And I think because I'm an older brother of three. Oh, wow. Okay. I really, I really took that on. You know, I said, no matter what, these three are not going to have the opportunity to blame me for their fuck ups. Did you have to be like the junior parent? Oh, I was a senior parent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know. I didn't know it. You know, I just thought I was being a good big bro. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like you were. You know, I mean, that's, that, that, that's yet to be. <laughs> that's yet to be decided. But we're, are you still close with your family? We're all super close. Yeah. We're that's all super good. close. We even work together. You know, my younger brother helps me with um, kind of the styling, the this, the, the it's just in general like mood of the collections overall we just always did it together again we didn't know we were doing it it was just like yo that's fresh like you know like that they were my barometer for things to, to actually be made or not it's like if we, if we all mm. didn't fuck with it it never got made yeah because we all grew up like that you know like one little room two bunk beds so that's four minds acting as one and wow. we're, we're, we're all just really in sync and now my other brother he does the the films and the photography so it's a one-stop shop damn program. that's that's true I, and that's got to be there's far more more trust and that instincts because I mean there's it's family dude yeah awesome I mean look I don't make a lot of money but when I do I like to sh- I like to share it with my you know my brothers starting yeah. and and beyond that you know I always I always look for people um, who who has something to say you know who were who doing something cool and worthwhile that mm-hmm. I could lend my platform to and to this day that's that's probably the thing I'm best at you know it's really? just like identifying talent like spotting it like a fucking eagle or something and Do you feel like that's a redemptive quality that you have based on the stuff you've experienced? Oh, uh, I used to think so. Um, growing up a bit, bro. And you know what? I also think it's a sort of like kind of you know some people hedge their bets on people losing. <laughs> I yeah. hedge my bet yeah. on people winning. Okay. And, and I and I just you know I'll give up like a you know a quick pop up fee or you know like an extra twenty percent on the commission or this or that to kind of keep the whole thing going. And it served me well. I've I've, worked, I've been a part of other people's successes and people know. About about that you know that's invaluable I mean, that's, you can't buy that shit you just can't there's no. no amount of money you can put on the table that says i helped this other person achieve their dreams or you know take a step in there in the in the direction and now you see them all over the world you know those things i always thought i'd like i was doing it to be a good person you know i think i just had mm-hmm. an inherent feeling of like really being a part of the community not using it as a keyword you know for a corporate deck i mean actually taking <laughs> fucking part of it you know really being right. a part of the community and not for profit you know but just because i wanted all of us to move together yeah i mean it sounds like you're you're well aware of how uh how some folks can kind of um lean on their lack of prosperity I mean, dog, and more are you or less me? You know, rich people pretending to be broke it's the craziest shit i ever heard of in my life ever ever <laughs> You know, like hardship that's not like fabricated hardships. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, ever. You know, like it just, it tripped me out. And it's like, yo, respect. Okay, cool. Like I feel you want to connect. You know, there are other ways. Uh, You know, you can be an ally instead of pretending to be one of us. It's super fucking weird. Yeah, this the whole sympathy breeds loyalty thing is is really weird. I knew I I was going to get into this just because like I, I fucking knew it. But the fact that being nice is trendy today is crazy. It, uh-huh. it is is like I, I can't wrap my mind around it. You know that people who are actually despicable are putting on a front like they 
care about, you know, kids in Africa or, you know, like they <laughs> want to donate money to a cause they have absolutely no interest in, but they do it just for yeah. show. And funny enough, now it's more transparent than ever. I mean, you can spot them so, so fast, the people who are just doing it to tick the box or whatever, you know. And yeah. I just never imagined that just being a good person was going to be like the trend, you know. <laughs> That's, and that's, it's true. I mean, I used to, um, I worked in, in the like not-for-profit sex for a bit. And one of the things we would do to kind of vet companies that we would help consult with was look up their 990s. Mm-hmm. And your 990 is the tax form that you have to file to be a 501c3 company. So, um, you, and there's, you can look them up. It's public. So the You're, proof is there, you know? Yeah. So, and basically what you can find out is more or less how they spend their, you know, untaxed, uh, money. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, a, a big joke, not joke, but a, a thing that a lot of people like throw shade at is the fact that like the Red Cross and other places like that, where you look at all the money they bring in mm-hmm. and how much money goes out. Uh, and there's even companies that have made like, like, uh, like charity grades or not for profit grades in which they'll be like, okay, so for X amount of cents, or if you, if you give a dollar to them only, I'm making this up. The 10 cent thing. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So like only 10 cents goes out or only 30, you know, how much they put on overhead or how much, how, how much is their board paid mm-hmm. um you know you find out things like that and it's not here's the thing it's not like oh let's do this to call everyone out but it's like i think when people do want to mm-hmm. be charitable and they do want to be kind and nice and it's not just trendy it is out of the goodness of their heart or it is out of um a way to a way to give back a way to to remember where they came from whatever that is right um the abundance mentality Bro, go right? to a hospital go to yeah. a local teen center or a local community center and sit your ass down for 30 minutes and give people your time oh there you go that's a good place to start yeah. i still remember yeah. the people who came to the teen center just to like even just watch over us you know just because they were yeah. there like that 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 yeah. that first layer you know like the the money this is where i get a little bit uh i think about it you know because i i like to donate uh it, what, what what i can when i can sure. sorry to cut you off but this is always always no, really fine, hit fine. me is that people will do everything except the one thing that really really helps which is just give people their fucking time you know when you mm-hmm. are from a certain walk of life or, you know, you're a big giant fucking CEO and you want to donate, you know, $10 million. Cool. You know what's even crazier? When that guy comes to your neighborhood and just sits down with you and shows you how you can connect in real life. Mm. And that moment will, will, it will, it will, not for everyone, but for the, for the kid like me back then, it would have, it would have done so much for me, you know, just to have access yeah. to these people, just conversationally, just to hear how they talk how they see the world, the things that they want to achieve, what they have achieved, how they did it, you know, just a conversation, being in the room with someone it, it is a game changer, you know, and you can mm. keep your fucking money, bro. <laughs> Straight up, you know, because I was ready to work for mine, yeah. you know, I was ready to, 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 to try and contribute, you know, I want to contribute to my environment, I don't want to take. And that's, that's how I would like to contribute, you know, is it just create things that are living and breathing. Like an incubator style. Yeah, thing. I mean, you know, like it's a, it, it, those are long term goals for sure, but they're definitely, yeah. you know, in the works, always. Always yeah. a part of that, you know. Like you know, people think like, look at Steve Jobs and Apple. You know, like it was those fucking shows he put on that really changed the game. It was him in front of the, all that crowd, you know, creating this this energy, generating this momentum for those products. That really was a game sh- game changer. You felt like you were there with him as he was discovering this new thing. Yeah, you know, I I, I worked but, at Apple, bro. I worked I, when you walked in, and you know, you you like you were at the retail yeah, store. That was the first line. That was here. the first line of defense. You know, I was like right there when you walked in. (laughs) 
You know, it's like, hey, yo, you got an appointment? You know, with my giant easy pay. And it's like, how can I help you today? You know, I w- wait, what years did you work at Apple? I worked at Apple 2008, nine, I think, eight, okay. nine, maybe into 10. And I think I could say it now. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but there, there might be consequences. But they basically, like, <laughs> they like figured out that like my green card wasn't real. So I had to quit. Oh, oh shoot. Okay. <laughs> I really, I really knew that Apple was going to be like Apple and I just wanted to experience it. I wanted to work there. You know, I knew computers were going to change everything and I wanted to be around this energy. I just thought, fuck, man, like, look how MySpace just took over the entire universe. You know, like everybody I knew would do anything just to be on a computer, to be on MySpace. And here, and here was this place with a very simplified way of interacting with this technology. And it was super clean. It had all the things I liked. You know, I was like, that place is fucking sick. I want to be a part of that. And a couple of my buddies were geniuses. So I got them to put in a good word for me. And I talked to, you know, I still remember my interview with the lady. And I was like, hey, look, I don't know anything about computers. I know how to use MySpace and AOL. (laughs) And I'm sick at those, (laughs) you know. But I told her, no one will sell more computers than me. Nobody, you know. You give me this job, I'll sell more computers than anybody who works here, period. That's how much I really, I loved the technology. And it wasn't about sales. It's just like, that should change my life. Like, seeing it i was like no way yeah. like this is so cool you know this is before the iphone right before the iphone launched so i don't know if that dates back to the 08 iphone was 07 so there you go that's yeah. when i was i was there right right when the shit happened right so did you get your free iphone hell no they were they were not getting you didn't get no, one bro i was i was down the totem pole i got nothing oh that and that's effed up so i was i was at apple 05 to I, oh I was part-time oh that's why <laughs> i know i yeah. was salty but it's all good that's that's so fucked yeah. but it cha- a well, game changer you know i'm to this day I'm still incredibly grateful for that opportunity. I saw I saw Supreme yeah. lines before Supreme Dog. You 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 <laughs> never you never saw hype until you saw like the 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 leopard drop. You remember Leopard? I do remember Leopard. That they had Leopard that, and then Snow that, Leopard that and all that purple yeah, yeah. CD cover that came out. It was like if Wu Tang dropped a new album or something, bro. I <laughs> saw so many like middle aged Patagonia wearers just <laughs> bum rushing the fucking stands, taking like five at a time, dude. We had to line up on the sides and clap them as they cheered in, and they were like, it was like the NFL Super Bowl, you know? They were, like, it was so funny. Yeah, that that was an interesting time. I mean, I was there. Yeah, I think 05 to 08. What'd you do? Um, you were a genius for sure. No. Well, I was I was a creative. Oh, you were. So I, I did I used the to pro- sell your fucking yeah, classes. I, was- I used to be nice at selling <laughs> yeah. those. All the setup. Yeah, so I did. So it was before the creative thing existed, and I um I did uh I worked basically as a holiday employee because I came on mm-hmm. during holiday at 05 in New York at the Soho. Oh, you were at the and dope shop. We used to be so jealous of all the shops because we were at the little baby shop. Which shop were you Madera, at? Up in uh, just north of San Francisco. Oh. So like it was one of the earlier shops. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was a thousand square feet of just pure profit. Uh, yeah, I mean all Dude, those things it were. It was nuts. Insane. Like as I mean, yeah, it was where we were at was cool because you'd have celebrities celebrities walk in like you know david bowie coming in to get his laptop fixed or whatever which was <laughs> so nuts because it's like what the hell is bowie doing like doesn't he have an assistant and some of these people you know that was I mean, their yeah, thing sure. you know but like you'd have people like that come in and it, it was i mean it was fun like i i would say that some of my closest friends are people that i met working there um but it was also you know the the creative thing didn't really exist yet i had to like prove mm-hmm. myself i had to explain to them how i knew because I, I came from the music industry and recording and i was all that. gonna say what was what was 
was like going to teach logic. Doing GarageBand and logic. I I did logic. Yeah. You were more advanced. Nothing what it is now. Because back then, it was like GarageBand teachers were like, you know, teaching old ladies how to use the the guitar and like sync it up to their microphones and all that. (laughs) Well, and that was the thing, right? That was most of the stuff is you would have, you'd have people come in and, and you know, the funny thing is like, I would occasionally you'd have a big musician come in who needed their work done or who, I shouldn't say work done, who needed help doing like a recording or some sort of, or there was an issue with a plug and something really dumb. And it was just me and one other person who did logic for all of Soho. Jesus. And this was the only Apple store in New York. Oh, yo, at the you, time. So you met so, every most famous person living in New York at that time, for sure. Well, for sure. I mean, if the funny thing is that's how I got out because I met Paul Banks from Interpol. He'd no come shit. in and you would see the, you'd see the names that were in advance. And I was like, yo, that's Paul Banks. I was like, that's fucking Interpol. I'm like, yo, I see him in my neighborhood because I was living in the Lower East Side. And in my head, I was making music. I was like, I'm going to give my demo or I would, I would find them on MySpace and I'd be like, yo, let me, you know, so I mean, sick. I was hustling. Yeah. And awesome. he, he was the reason that I left no Apple because he was like, yo, you should go work at Matador. You know, I'll help you out. Yeah. And he put in, and this is when they were on Capitol. And so he was still close with, with, um, um, like Nils Bernstein, Dude, who was the, the PR and stuff there. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that, you know, it's funny you mentioned Apple because it, yeah, I mean, that, it changed, it changed my life. Um, but at the same time, and this is what I want to call out, like you had the tools to do it, right? You were in an environment, you were in all these things, but it's still on you to make shit happen. Like this isn't like you have it and now you have a free pass or now you have a handout. You still really have to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I didn't change. I didn't do something like miraculous with 424. There are loads of people who take a shot and, and, and achieve their thing, you know? Like, and I fuck yeah. with that. But the amount of people who came out of nowhere and like, yo, I could have done that. It's like, yeah, but you didn't, dog. <laughs> You know, like, oh, I would have done this. Like, but yeah, but you didn't, fam. You're still there. So, you know, like, yeah. the, the that was the one thing that always really got under my skin. Is like, no matter how the opportunity comes to you or what shape or form, first, you still have to see the shot. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have be self-aware enough to understand, yo, there's an opportunity here. Then you have to honor the moment and really just decide, okay, I'm going to go for it. And then you got to fucking go for it. That's, that's just the beginning. And then you have an endless route of failures ahead of you, you know, that remind you that you should stop that are constant fucking like yeah quit now mm, not now it's time move back home you know yeah. call call mom and dad for money whatever right mm-hmm. and like not doing those things in those moments that's the real difference that's the shit that really really la- like that's the one where i i can see you know like people with broken wings down the road and i'm like yeah i feel you dog i had that you know <laughs> yeah I feel you. And, and, and have, like, bro, Picasso had the same fucking paint as every other painter, you know? Didn't he? Like, you know, the yeah, tools yes. are there. So don't come at me like anything was handed down to me. And like, it, it's funny in the end, I actually got so hyped when people just were making up all these things about me. Like, oh, you know, that was like, like rich or like rich family or parents or this or that. Even in high school, like, I used to just be fitted. Like my outfits were like planned a week <laughs> And all these kids would just assumed that I was like a rich kid, you know? And that's when fashion really started to take um, a, a, a real like sort of subconscious focus in my daily life I understood mm. it was a tool and I used that fucking samurai sword you know I was like yo if I can be if you think watch like I can use my clothes as my first line of defense my first shot yeah. back back at them you know so no yeah. matter what the, the, the preconceived notions were of who I was because I think that's the thing too there's a lot of brands where the mystique and, this, and I say this in love and compliments to you you mm-hmm. were not the star of your brand when I first saw your I, 
stuff. I, I tried not Bingo. to be. And so whether that's good or bad is irrelevant. But the fact is mm. you you made product and you made your product f- speak for itself versus some people, their, their, their personality is the product, which means the product can actually be shitty and they can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be crap. I mean, most people don't know what Boris yeah. looks like. There you, you go. Know? I mean, at CCP, you know, Rick is the most famous one out of, out of the lot. And it took him 25 years to come out and actually like do a collab here and there. You yeah. Know, like, and be more open. Um, I, I think when it comes to the products, bro, um, maybe the nature of how the brand started uh, just w- was just really suiting for me. You know, it was really like it, it suit me that it came from a place of demand versus like me trying to finesse people into buying stuff I was making. Um, well, especially from earlier, people came up to you and yeah, they said, you're going to sell this because, to me. Yeah, <laughs> because of the store, you know, um, and the shop be, becoming this kind of go-to place to discover new things yeah uh, whether it was you know like a t-shirt brand or you know someone like a really cool vintage collection whatever the fuck it was um people would come to the store kind of open-minded um and 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 just willing to you know put their dollar down on things that were not super popular but equally as expensive you know at the time i remember the first 150 dollar t-shirt on the block on fairfax i got hate mail for it you know people were like get the fuck out of our block you don't belong here Jeez. and i thought i was bringing the 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 value of our work up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it wasn't always looked at that way. So over time, um, I decided, okay, look, I'm not, I, I wrote the guy back, actually. I, I wonder if one day he'll reply. Maybe he hears this. <laughs> but I said, look, bro, I'll tell you what, let's have a beer. And if you still want me to leave after, after we, you know, have a beer, I'll oh, move wow. on. Okay. Never heard back. Uh, not surprised, but I never heard back. I heard a lot worse things in person and people just couldn't fathom that I was, you know, discovering and sharing this world and that people were buying it. They would think of everything except the fact that I just was passionate about something and I was right, driven right, right. and I was willing to bring it, you know, on my dime and on my terms to a, a community that I knew wanted to discover it, you know? So I was just focused on bringing new people to Fairfax mm. so that we could have, so we can expand our footprint you know mm-hmm. so i would work from local brands and then brand then eventually brands from all over the world who i thought were doing something cool so then you know over time i think we ended up at like 45 brands at some point and eventually even got a rick owens account you know dior hit me up to do a pop-up in my space on fairfax we've had some real milestones you know we've we've managed to achieve some things still i'd like to say like low-key mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't i don't want to scream like look at me in that kind of you know, desperate look at me way. I'd rather you type in the, the thing on Google and you find out all these things. You're like, dude, no way all this shit happened there. You know, I always, right. I always, I love that moment because when I have that moment with other things, I feel like I'm discovering it for the first time. I feel like I'm the only one who knows, right. you know? And that moment is priceless for me. So I just figured one day somebody will have that moment with, with our shop, with our platform, with our language, and then eventually with my products. And I mean, even now you can still buy that armband jacket for a couple grand really i i know in japan there there's places where it's like five (laughs) if you can find the original one you know because the resale culture there is such a different uh universe and and i'm I'm proud of that i think that that's fucking cool you know like if i was 15 16 17 right now and 
you know? I mean, right now it's kind of an even more savage time to wear an armband. Well, nonetheless, you know, like, um, I just, I just wanted to contribute. Like I said, I wanted to bring added value, right. you know, not because of my physical personality, but the fact that we were, we were giving texture to the neighborhood, you know, adding, adding, adding. Shit, I tried to add trees to Fairfax, you know? No way that was going to Wait, happen, wait, really? I tried. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, the city, the, the city told me I had to like, um, uh, pay for a new new piping <laughs> and then pay for a new uh garbage route you know to to pick up all of the shit from the trees that, that like the debris oh, and stuff damn. so you know here comes me trying to like make fairfax prettier <laughs> and then i get shut down you know not only by the city but then the neighbors were like bro what are you doing fuck those trees we don't want to uh, pay higher rent you know and i was like damn i just want to i just want the street to look nice you know like you guys never been to europe <laughs> you never been to fucking to never been to japan bro like you know let's make an environment that when those people do visit that they, they, they're happily you know surprised yeah. but no you know fairfax has increasingly continued to go in that way but you're still there and no i'm not no 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 circumstances during covid shifted the you know the, the whole shit and the shop closed obviously it wasn't much sure. but you know um but dream bigger right <laughs> so you know uh, they closed my store uh to this day i have never had an address with with my name on it that was that long that's the longest place well yeah because how long how long were you there about 12 years yeah so for me it's the longest address i've ever had um so it was very emotional (laughs) and uh you know i've I've mastered the um art of falling up i believe it's called and you know you 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 see something like that happen and you just you never prepared for it you know you 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 never it it, it hit me different than i imagined because i got a bit more objective about it all now yeah Uh, but it was still just surreal you know it's like fuck that dream's dead but i mean earlier going back i mean you were talking about you very much had this abundance mentality oh, to yeah, where yeah. I mean I'll I mean, tell you where we are now so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think that's the thing where like I've talked about this before where people like uh, would go up to Paul McCartney and they'd be like man like you know the White Album or you know Sgt. Pepper whatever it's the greatest thing ever like you know how do you feel like that it's it's over that time's gone or that you know and McCartney would always respond and he would be like it's fine I can just write another song like he was not you know it wasn't I think some people some artists when they make their art they put so much of themselves into their art um they feel like there's nothing left and that's it and they actually feel like that's like a, a more noble way to make art is you you mm-hmm. it, this is like fucking voldemort when you're like yeah. you're cutting yourself up and you're putting yourself in all these things and now yeah, that piece yeah, of you yeah, is yeah, gone totally. and you know the abundance mentality and like you know people like paul mccartney's like it's i i am the artist i'm just gonna make another one like you mm-hmm. can't you it doesn't matter it that might be special to you but i can just make another song i can make another thing and it kind of makes you invincible i've grown into yeah. that that definitely wasn't always always the case. Well, that, I've yeah, grown into that a little sure. bit more, you know. Which is like, um, I mean, there was a moment in time, bro, when I, you know, I would look in the mirror and I would, see, I would like be like a number, <laughs> like I wouldn't be myself anymore, you know, I'd be like a fucking number, like it's so, so you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, and and I realized during mm-hmm. COVID, um, life got real. Uh, yeah. And and then you know it's funny all, it's funny all those quotes and all those cheesy things that you hear you know when you're younger like how yeah, much yeah. they resonate when times are hard right and you know like when it rains it pours all that cheesy <laughs> shit 
Uh, it doesn't pour. It fucking it's tornadoes, and right? Hurricanes and earthquakes, and you know, and and then you know the great hundred foot wave comes. <laughs> so it's savage. Um, and once the the sniff of you of your weakness is out there, people pounce. Ugh. And and living through that has been my COVID. Okay. You know, I mean, also I got COVID mass like really hardcore. COVID. Oh, did you? I, yeah, it was it was really intense. Um, and uh, funny enough, during my COVID, you know, like sickness is when I got out of that, all of the demons, you know, tried to come after me right after COVID. So it's like they saw you at your weakest and that's when they decide it's time. Oh, shit. Okay. So we can unpack that another another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty gnarly. Um, but all that being said, um, when you have no income because the thing just died mm-hmm. and the only source of income you've had is, is also dead um, and the reality of like, oh shit, I need a job mm-hmm. with you. You start to really analyze yourself or at least I had to, right? I don't have a resume, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't. I don't have a, a a one sheet or a bio. I never. I never had time for any of that. I'm like, you want my bio? Look, look yeah, around. Just look you me know? up. Yeah, yeah. To put my name on the fucking internet, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But companies don't hire based off of that. You know, they, they want a sort of detailed accounting of, you know, wins and losses. Sure. You know, they want a detailed accounting. Calculated risks. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then I realized, holy shit, I know a lot. And then I realized, like, you know what? I know a lot more than I ever thought I did. And like, okay, I can be of, of real service to, you know, whatever I decide to get myself into. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that was a sort of funny enough. I feel like that's me finding becoming an adult like until then i'd be like playing the role of an adult yeah. but now i'm like holy you know like you really i mean i don't have children yet. i'm sure i'll have another moment when, when that happens but man it was a f- i was like fuck it wasn't easy don't you know they did it's just it's people were worried about me and they were, they were right to worry i was i was really going through it yeah i mean that's um, that's a really thing hard. you i think a lot of people especially when you're younger it's it's because i feel like it all happened to you at the same time it's you have age which comes in and it's mm-hmm. good and it's bad because you look around and you're like am i as hot as i thought i was but what were you what were you coasting on at that time when you were super hot right like what was it because what you have now is definitely not what you were cruising on no god no it's fucking totally different right I'm, bro I'm, I'm you know i'm very grateful <laughs> you know uh that i get to make stuff and people accept it and in some cases exchange their hard-earned money for my ideas i i i, I value that higher than than almost anything i mean it sounds like though if you're able to hit rock bottom per se you have far much more appreciation for where you are now but i think this this goes back to almost like the the paul mccartney thing i was saying like you can just, I just it's already one. in you yeah, yeah you can just do another the one the thing is you know you do it once you can do it again and i've done it more you than can. once over and over and over again i just never really had a, a, a structured thought process to capitalize on it i was just operating just to operate mm. there was no real purpose to it you know what i mean it's just like yo like i just want to do fresh shit and i want to be around people who do fresh shit that's it yeah and i want the whole world to hear about it you know and you also yeah and you that find out it. who your friends are too yeah yeah for sure when I it's mean, like yeah. <laughs> i don't when you, I don't when count you have none of those offer. motherfuckers man i don't count <laughs> nobody nobody period um i love everybody but i do not hold out for my expectations of what these people will or not do for me or you know in in uh like uh what's the word like reciprocation you know i don't mind i yeah. don't care about that if i help 
you is because I believe in you and I want you to do well. It ends there. It's not transactional. Absolutely not. I don't. I, don't I mean, that's care, don't care for that shit. You know, it's good, but it's there a learning should be experience. People that have the it's same a learning mentality, experience right? for me too. Yeah. You yeah. know. You know, bro. Honestly, I know how to do it now. You know, to like capitalize off of their long term win. Mm-hmm. And I know all the codes now. I know how it works. You know, I know how to legally position myself to 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 win on you know their win. Blah blah blah. All that bullshit. It's gross. <laughs> it's fucking desperate. I don't need to steal from anybody. I don't need to. I, you know, if we see added value in each other and we choose to to do it together, great. Mm-hmm. But bro, the amount of people that are out there who are just waiting to take from you with your hard work is sad. It's really mm. a bummer. You know, the people who are your allies temporarily, the just-in-case people, you know, the just-in-case people, like, let me put an amendment here, the just-in-case people, uh, you know, things don't go my way, let me, you know, make sure I get my way later, you know? And it's not only me, I've seen tons of friends, you know, who've cashed in their savings, you know, right. made every phone call and put people in a totally different place than they've ever been. And you know what those people do? They fuck you over. <laughs> you know yeah like, w- without without uh, even a rem- like a second of a uh, consideration you know so i i operate a little bit different i, I would say i've I still try to. I still try to be that nine-year-old kid that that first came to this country. I try to be as pure as I can and just be as holistically, energetically clean right. as possible. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who have stolen from me. You know, in a time where it's just like you really just you did that now. You know, out of all the time in your life that you had a chance to take from people, you take from me and you take today. You know, you're not gonna sleep for a decade. You know, it's gonna take. You're gonna need PTSD yeah. therapy to get out of what, the hole you put yourself in right uh, i'm good fuck it you know like just like lesson learned keep moving but for you dog like that's a rough one you can't go places yeah. now you know you put yourself in a situation where you can't people know not to fuck with you because of your character i mean that goes back to when we were yeah. you know when we were talking earlier where it's like all, all i'll ever have is my that's, reputation so, and so it's, the, it's scary you know because you recognize how get broken twisted. in a second i'm about to make some money now you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to make some money now, but at least, you know, it will be methodical. It's going to be like the last fucking samurai. I'm in that phase of my life now. Yeah. You know, I'm on my Tom Cruise shit right now. Fully so- <laughs> deep, deep diving. I'm in, you know, and the well, mission, so what is the, the situation? Mission, the mission changed. Um, lo- Long story short, um, I have new partners and yep. they are, um, they have shown with their actions that they mm-hmm. believe in me and that we're aligned. They're very much motivated to, you know, in their words, put four to four where it should be. And and they're really giving me the, the, the runway, you know, to, to make that happen. And they trust me. So the moves that are coming now, you know, are things I've always wanted to do, always. And it's not a me against anyone else thing. It's just me for me thing. Yeah, there you go. You know? Much more pure when you're when you're doing stuff, not for vengeance, right? Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm, you know, it's all good. I mean, I would do everything exactly the same, except signing a few papers here and there, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I know how that goes too. Yeah. <laughs> but um. So so the brand. Um. You know, for all intents and purposes, the last couple of years have been very quiet. Uh, sure. And on a so we can talk fashion now. Um. I decided to invest my time and the very little money I I had you know to my name under my control into making better product. You know, mm-hmm. I just said fuck it. You know, no matter what happens, I have to try to have the the the, the goods. You know, have the best products uh, possible. So I just focused all my energy into try 
going to 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 create a little world no um and and so like a movie you know like a film with characters and uh what is what's their lifestyle uh who do they date uh you know where do they go to dinner what does uncle look like dad grandpa you know really ralph lorenesque you know i i, I heard how he develops his collections and his characters build and build the world yeah. and and you know i decided ver- i decided okay it's time for me to to tell my story with that sort of character process you know which i think is quite cool um and people were going to be reacquainted with you know the 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 10 years after guillermo you know the one who Mm -hmm. has been lucky enough to see different cultures different products experience different um a different life and then sort of clash that together with my life experience so far which you know always lands back at uh i don't know like a california dude who got to see the world and grew up in third world country which is you which is which is exactly me you know so and that this sort of like uh on the go lifestyle of a, of a modern adult who is lucky enough to do whatever the fuck he wants it's kind of crazy yeah <laughs> you know it's got to fit into a uh what's it called the the bag you don't check in you know like, <laughs> yeah it's got to fit into one of those i mean i feel like that's that's the like the journey of like legendary designers is that you don't for some people you get hot and you make a product you make an individual product but you never focus on the brand this is this is like the common mistake that acts you know that accidentally happens to tons of if you're on the tech side it's your platform mm-hmm. your platform and you're really hot and you got all these people that use your platform but at the same time you you do nothing to make people like have affinity for that platform to okay. be a brand mm-hmm. people people patronize brands not products right yeah. when you're when we're talking about Apple I mean even though you know Apple makes a ton of products people talk about Apple because of the because of the world because of Steve people talk about Ralph Lauren no one talks about the pant the sweater the polo shirt even it's the world Mm -hmm. and that's that's what makes things become eternal is because if it's a brand it lets the person interpret that on their own and when you're in a world you can imagine all these other things that happen in it right like but if it's a product there's it it makes it more difficult to interpret you know if you and i look at a blue shirt everyone's going to agree that it's a blue shirt but if we walk into a room where the blue shirt is that that room might look very different depending on different people yeah of course and you know you know, a lot of people don't want, they don't want to build the room. They just want to make the shirt. Yeah. I'm, and that's, that's and the tough there's part. There's well, especially when you're younger. Either, right? Like, I get it, you know? Yeah. Because that, that's where, that's where I think our sort of service that we provide to the industry comes into play. We don't make things people need. Right. You know, it's a different, it's a different game we play, you know, our, our sort of like things that you need, you know, Uniqlo came, came at you for that, you know, like <laughs> there's companies, right, sure. Nike came at you for that, you know, they, they things that you like the basics you know stuff that Haynes came at you for that you know like stuff like yeah. that right and, like yeah. you need underwear a shirt. you yeah. need fucking P- PJs <laughs> right like so yeah. Like, yeah. you don't need a $700 denim jacket but you right, but right. you want it you know yeah so then our job is to contextualize why you want it and, and what and what is the world that you're a part of when you take part in in our you know sort of story and our in our garments and how you into how they interact with your day-to-day life you know for whatever reasons and for for me, that's always been the most dynamic part of the conversation. It's been the most fun, you know? Like, wh- I, I, where do people, you know, wear these coats to? Where do people wear 
wear these, you know, these beautiful poplin fabrics, these shirts, these ties. You know, that's why I stopped making hoodies a long time ago. I mean, they're on the line sheet, but they're not the focus. You know, mm. people tell me to stop making. You know, people even before I started, man, that people were telling me not to do, you know, this or do that. You know, and it's like, okay, cool. You know, I, then I went and did the formal wear partnership for Arsenal Football Club. You know, yeah, like, I went as far away as you could possibly go from making a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and and really, I was all just doing it on on I think on two fronts. Um, I wanted to I wanted to try to challenge myself to do something that I I didn't even I didn't know how to do. But at the same time, I wanted to build my world too. You know, and I want to create those environments where I have to wear a suit. I want to create those opportunities for me to you know dress uh, the part to go and take part in all of these new found interests that I'd never even imagined I would have as a child you know i never knew i wanted to go to wimbledon you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah but if i do pull up to wimbledon i want to look like jude law at wimbledon i don't want to look like the tourists <laughs> at wimbledon i want to look fresh as fuck you know i want to look like slightly hung over but too rich to be turned down you know like i want to look <laughs> like that <laughs> that's very specific yeah i know, you know what, what i'm talking about because you know like yeah all they tell you there is where you're you know where you're button up drink your champagne and eat your fucking Get your strawberries, strawberries and cream right yeah. and i'm like dude like that's cute and everything but like i'm trying to pull up like that guy you know and yeah. and the guy that doesn't get turned down at the door because his buttons are like open you know his like shirt's blown out or you know his pants are a little ripped you know it's like well no that guy needs to be here let him in you know so that's what my new collection is about the one that's going to be in stores now spring summer 23 it's like you know jude law like just dummy hungover and crazy fucking you know like late and dusty and dug all rat. that was the jude law with the uh the, the, the freshest the, one the maid yep. era <laughs> super sick you know and i was like man like you know that the idea that someone like me could arrive in an environment like that and still be accepted yeah the same way as you know dude 20 years ago in movies i think it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's hilarious and all my new you know my, and my fabric story is there you know I have all of those you know Wimbledon fabrics you know like we put seersucker in the collection like I've never even seen that thing you know it's like you know, I was like oh that's oh, yeah, what it's seersucker, called yeah. I was like okay yeah let's grab some seersucker you know let's <laughs> you know let's do let's do that and and really I'm, I'm sort of pushing myself to define you know my point of view and and, yeah. and really be able to even put it down on paper and show it to someone in words like this is the mission and right and that's why i said earlier you know like they're all wannabe collections because it's not until now that i feel i really have a direction that i feel i can actually lead a team that i feel i can you know say you're going to do this work on my behalf and execute these points based on these references that yeah. is new to me i mean that's the focus too yeah, is it's, what it sounds yeah, like it's, sick. it's awesome yeah you know i needed that yeah well i think that's a tough part too especially you know when you're younger you hit wild success and then you're kind of like many people it, you can kind of forget your roots you forget what what you what you know and it's no fault of your own i mean it's everyone has that where you're just you're bombarded by oh yeah dude i mean we learn under know. the telescope you know yeah we exactly like, this is where people are like you know oh i'm gonna skip school and do that i'm like yeah maybe maybe learn maybe do both <laughs> you know what i mean like because that's I, true i would have saved a lot of money if i if i went to school you know but i also know you got to be in the field that you want to be a part of you know if you 
sat and strategized on podcasts and how you could have the best one for a decade without actually ever fucking doing one, you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's it, yeah, that's a totally different mentality. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I do both, you know? I do the labor and I like to do learn the learning. I mean, that's why I think I, I was, I managed to kind of go faster. You know, I just fucking yeah. dove right in. And the things I didn't know, I tried to study them the best I could, you know, if not on a computer, like on an online class, but like really sit and analyze, you know, all of my movements. And there's some things you just can't figure out how to do, you know, like, fuck it. Well, yeah, I mean, ex- experience is, is so important, but also knowing how to find this stuff. I mean, when we, we go back to the beginning of this conversation, when you were talking about, you didn't say no to wholesale when someone said, I want you to sell me this stuff. You were like, uh, sure. And then you went and figured it out. Like, that's a very different type of personality. Because I think a lot of people, yeah, like what you were saying, you'll spend all this time trying to be the best at something, but you end up spending no time trying to actually do it. And what people forget is like, you know, you mentioned Picasso, you mentioned all these people, like artists evolve, you know, no one really comes out with their opus yeah, on yeah, yeah. day one. I mean, God know? bless them if they do, that's crazy, you know? <laughs> but I, I don't but know a single artist in history uh, yeah, where uh, their their first was their best. Not, I'm no, no, not definitely not. Even then when someone's like, oh, the best radio head's okay computer. And mm. it's like, well, you know, they have Pablo Honey in the Benz, right? Like that's, that's stuff before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, like, I feel you, I feel you. The, the, your first may not be theirs. <laughs> I think, I think I'm just, I, I'm fucking lucky, dude. I have, I have this like, inner you know i don't know barometer i'm like yes no yes no and i just Mm -hmm. i just got i'm fortunate that i i listen to it you Mm -hmm. know and every time i try not to every time i outthink myself the shit fucking fails miserably yeah when i go when i go with it you know when i trust myself and and i go with it it doesn't always work out but it works out more than when i don't yeah right oh the shit is hard (laughs) the game is cold you know the shit's hard and after a couple years you start asking yourself, does anyone give a fuck anymore? You know, why do I, why do I even keep going? Who cares? Like, well, especially with the, how fast things move. Oh yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. thing that, that it's not that I'm scared of that, but I definitely get when it's like, you're only as important as your last what you did thing. yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I will and say this like, well, though. Yeah. I was, comp- so January 2nd this year was like mm-hmm. kind of the first day I was really clear and allowed to be 424 again in a way mm-hmm. sure um and man the shit was like instant you know it was like it was almost like the universe sent out an email for me like yo geez free again you know and it it, it was like the, the flow just kind of got right back on track people reaching out new opportunities so all these things that i wanted to act on that to just kind of simultaneously started to present themselves again you know it's like oh yeah. shit okay cool like people still care and even actually in some cases even more than before and there's all this stigma about about being older and not being, you know, super young and famous and rich and all those right. things. And you know, I don't have any of those things, but, um, but, now you have focus. but I don't feel I'm lacking any of it either. Sure. Sure. Right. Which is super, that's a relief, <laughs> you know, like I actually, I, I, I don't ever knock anyone for having their thing. I've, I've never compared myself to anybody else. That's a hard one. I got a lot of homies who are way more successful than me. You know, I can actually look at it and be stoked for them. I don't have that, that inner hater, you know? Yeah. I dislike bad product for sure. <laughs> I hate I hate okay. bad product, you know? And I when I feel like you don't give people their money's worth, I get I take that shit personal. You know, I can't yeah. I can't go through a store now, Maroon. This it's, it's impossible for me. I go to a store, the department store, I just I leave upset, you know? <laughs> I'm like, bro. I mean there are a lot I'm of brands like, Man, that are come on, guys. pulling the wool over you people's know? eyes. I'm like, damn, you know, like you can't do that to me. Yeah. It's like 
And then I kind of <laughs> just sit at the shop and I'm like, do I tell them? I'm like, ah, you know what? Fuck that. Let's, you know, I don't want to take people's happiness away from them. You know, they want to buy that, that stuff, then go for it. But, yeah. you know, for me, it's like, man, fuck, you know, actually, this is, I wonder what you, you know, your feel is on this. Now that I understand luxury uh, in the fashion space more, mm-hmm. Rick Owens is actually cheap. Okay, go on. Considering the amount of, I'm oh, sorry, that the highest level of, of, quality that he provides for originality you know it's his own separate universe but he gives you quality that's like up there with Xenia dude he's giving you quality that's up there with Loropiana like he's using the same mills he's you know created this world and it's a high level world other brands with the same level of production and the same level of output for their work charge three times as much mm, on a re- at a retail level and I, I you know obviously my world's a little skewed now like 3k is not cheap but 3k relatively speaking compared to like you know the company that i know is charging 7k for the sweater or for the for the blazer i'm like dog Rick is making this at a higher level with better fabrics, more unique, and he's delivering a price point that if you know what you're getting is more than fair. I, okay, I'll bite. I agree. So with that, that kind of fucked like, me up because I was like, bro, like, now I'm like, yo, not like Rick is just cheap. But I was like, but damn, like, now that I understand, like I told you, I go, I go to shops and I like, you know, just do the walkthrough blind, you know, just touch touch things see what grabs my attention more often than not you know rick, rick is rick is up there i mean it's really quite impressive rick stuff is what's what i think that i admire most about that brand is one they don't try to control their narrative too much externally right when some of those brands that you mentioned which i feel like i know what you're talking <clears throat> about um they spend a lot of money on external messaging yes and brand ambassadors and you know the watch industry is a great example of this <clears throat> Because they'll give an actor, you know, half a million dollars to wear a watch and be their ambassador, mm-hmm. air quote. And they show up at events and they do stuff and they fly that person out. And then, you know, all their marketing and PR is not earned. It's more or less bought. So you'll have a press trip. You'll bring a bunch of writers out. You know, Gucci does this too, mm-hmm. right? Gucci brings tons of, of their top clients out. And it's to entice them to spend more with the brand. So they'll, you know, we're going to bring you to Florence. We're going to bring you to the Gucci Museum. We're going to do all these things. And you're going to do that. And that costs money. So where does that money come from? Well, it comes from their margins. It mm-hmm. comes from the markups. It comes, you know, it doesn't, they, they didn't just invent it. Yeah, so you totally. have to find it, find a way to, you know, make that person pay for the dream you're selling. Yeah, 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 and totally. I think w- with Rick Owens, I am not sure where, I, there, is there a Rick Owens ambassador? Is there massive spreads of Rick Owens in every magazine? Is there Rick, o- you know, and there's not. And I think that's, there's something that's really interesting there too. And also like, I don't think you can distinguish Distinguish a Rick Owens collection as like a, a layman, you know, very much. Yeah. Because they don't they don't necessarily sell where it's like, oh, this is this collection. This is the spring no. summer 13 that really embodied A, B, C, and mm-hmm. D. And then they totally pivoted. No, it's like a lot of the, you know, the patterns are always incredible. There's some of the most I think it's some of the most it's, incredible patterns on very Earth. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Yeah. And I mean patterns for listeners mm-hmm. as like how the garment is made, yeah, not yeah, the totally. actual textile. The, the yeah. execution of those patterns too is fucking insane. You know, yeah. I'm a I'm a factory 
you're at now. I mean, I'm at the factory all the time and I can tell you, wow, the fact that he's on a yeah. commercial level delivering that that product. And and, and the scale of yeah, it, and the it QC is, is pretty through the roof. It's, it's wow. There's, it's wow. You know, like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, you wonder why, you know, because you mentioned Zenia and Laura Piana, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are those are two companies that are also mills. Dude, so yeah, they, they, have, own their, they own their world. You know, world, you know? and yeah. you know, like, so they're able to to do a lot of that. I mean, Xenia and LP, they both spend, I mean, LP is LVMH, right? But they're able to spend a ton of money on all that. But a lot of people, you know, look, I'm a huge LP stand, but at the same time, I like my old ICER. I'm not, you don't see yeah. me lining up for the new ICER. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too small, you know, it, it's, it, the. in my opinion, no shade to them, but I guess <laughs> I am saying anyway, like, I don't think it's as good as the older stuff. Yeah. There's corners that were cut, you know, there's there's all sorts of things. So, but so it's to crazy, go to your point, you know? Yeah. Because I've, Rick Owens, I it's hard to tell. It's if they're doing it, they're fooling me. I don't know. I, I don't I know. I think what the mission is different over there. You know? Yeah. I think the mission is different. And even though you know they're having a, a great moment now, I imagine, right? I think them. Sure. I think them. They manage their own algorithm internally in a very sober way. Well, and also the best thing, and and I think a lot of young designers and young brands get mixed up with this because in the startup world, your focus is growth, mm-hmm. growth at all costs. It's not even about profitability. It's about growth. And you know, when you look at a clothing brand that's a younger person, they're like, well, how do I the world, you know, someone was like, the world's 8 billion people. All I need is like 30 million. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Focus, <laughs> focus, focus. You know? So it's like, don't, crazy don't be everything I feel like I would have said some shit like that 10 years ago, you know? like <laughs> <laughs> It's like, don't be everything to everyone. Be the best of what you're trying to be and stay on that path. And I think sometimes people get a little bored where it's like, I'm sure that there might be some people who are like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm editorializing, say like a Rick Owens person. It's like, well, well, this is similar to some of the stuff we did last year. But it's like, cool, you don't need to grow from that audience. You look at like Keaton, Laura Piana, um, Isaiah, a lot of the Neapolitan, mm-hmm. um, even though LP isn't a Neapolitan, but uh, maybe like Rubenacci, right? Okay. So those are three brands that are also kind of like tailoring houses. And they more or less steal from each other's market share every year. And it, okay. it But they're not always trying to like grow outside of that market share. Because you don't need that much to survive. And they're at least with I mean, Keaton, yeah, $10,000 yeah. DB. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they're, still, so it's they're like, still fine. You know, like the families yeah. still have all the villas. Everything is going. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing all these different verticals to try to be everything to everyone. And having that prob- focus, that's I think, LVMH, is what, isn't it? I mean, it, it's, it's, it even... Well, LVMH is now. It, it just go, but LVMH is everything. It goes it goes beyond the, like, okay, we make money. It's like, now it's just like, yo, it's LVMH or nothing, you know? And, and, the, and, and the proposition is very much like, you, you know, if you don't shop LVMH, it's not even just shop, you know, Louis Vuitton or, or whatever other brands they own. It's like, if you don't shop LVMH, you don't know luxury, right? But to their that, credit, and I'm not, no, I'm it's not fan- a defender Bro, it's of them. it's fantastic. You know, it people, is, people they, hate because obviously it's easy to hate the Death Star, but like they, yeah. but he built it, you know, like from fucking it didn't exist before it's it's an it's an incredibly impressive you know sentiment that that they drive you know they drive this just massive um voice it's it's i mean you know everyone in the world knows the name or no well, yeah i mean and those those brands one thing that's like a core principle for all the Arnaud, or well, for the LVMH brands, because the Arnaud is only 56% of LVMH. Um, mm. 
But like for the way that they operate those brands is they can't leverage other brands within the house. So like LVMH or sorry, Lord Piana can't be like, you know, here is our version of the Remova. It's just, no, you got to go do your own thing. That Mm -hmm. that brand needs to stand on its own. And I do think that's pretty interesting because if you look at how larger conglomerates work, you you leverage every brand asset everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's the, and as a consumer, as a, you know, as a sort of like more educated consumer, it all starts to become like one big fuck show. Yeah. And you're like, ah, dude, I'm, I can't be bothered, you know? Whatever. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the tough part because now I do feel like it's much more competitive than ever. But I think the brands that are going to last the longest, in my opinion, are the ones that have the most focus to where it's like, like Rick Owens. I mean, that is probably the best example because like, for, for me, they're not I trying to I, win. I can't yeah. see anything stronger, you know, like the, the dude is like, just well, fuck. yeah, they don't have a meeting where it's like, how do we get the Ralph Lauren customer? That Ralph Lauren customer is so strong. How do we get those customers over with us? Like that, I I would be mm-hmm. shocked if that's ever a line item or a discussion in their meetings. God no! If it, if it if it ever right? comes up, it's just like, how cool is Ralph Lauren? Okay, back yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. So that, for I mean, that's, sure, that, like, I guarantee that that's how it goes down. You know, it's like, man, Ralph Lauren, what a what an awesome story. Okay, guys, let's go back to you know, like milling these like baby hair uh, cashmere sweaters. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that's it's a different yeah. focus. It's a different. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. I, I I always looked at stuff like that. I think. Well, to be fair, the first time I ever walked past Cafe Charlot and it was just darkness, I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I could not, I couldn't put into words. It's like, wow, yo, like, I do not have enough black on. I need to go back to the hotel right now. You know, it was like <laughs> they owned it and it was just this sort of, you know, Parisian vibe and all of these dark vampires. And I was like, my God, it's the coolest thing I ever saw. It was like, yeah. what is this? You know, I, I came, I was like, I went straight to buy script pants, like immediately. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it just, the world never wavered. It never got cheesy. It never got corny. It expected. Expanded, but it's it's done in such a it's such a high skill level. You know, it's like if you're if you're if you're playing some whatever game, they're operating at like the master level. You know, where it's just like, dude, it's it's so good. It's foolproof. It's honest. And of course, things are gonna you know it's gonna grow. It become more popular. It's super dope. Like people find out about it, and you know, or they buy into it. They don't. It doesn't matter. Like it's on its own trajectory, and you and it's very clear. Yeah. And I think like that that stuff happens when i mean in a way not that i'm like anti whatever but like if you're not so focused on having 100x growth or 50x growth every year and it's like you just need to grow two three percent i mean that's one of the things i really admire about a lot of japanese brands is where when they you know you talk to people like uh, takahiro miyashita or you know any of the folks that that more or less operate exclusively within japan they have Mm -hmm. a few doors outside but they're like look uh hiroshi fujiwara talks about this where he's like i don't want to take money from other places. I want to use my own money and I just need a very small amount of growth every year to keep myself going versus mm-hmm. an American mindset is usually, well, I'm going to take this massive bag and that's fine, but I now need to have a 70% growth every single year. And it, you just, you end up having to compromise on things. You're not able to focus 
and then you can't be eternal. It, it's, it's, uh, I think you choose your path. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you want to do that, and I saw, and I see some of my friends doing it, and I'm like, dog, respect to you because you it's are hard. living on the fucking edge, you know? Yeah. And you're like, if your next hit isn't equal or bigger than the last hit, how are you going to, how are you going to make out? How? how yeah. You know, because so once you decide you want to join that, that, that circuit, the allure right? of the, yeah, sure. You have to be the fastest car in the circuit every fucking race. Yeah. And if you can if you can keep that up, respect, really, yeah. truly, it's awesome. I find that a lot of people end up following trends, paying attention to other people, what they're doing that's working. And then you fall into the habit of keeping up with all of the relevant things of the moment. Mm. But our shit operates with a six-month lag. Six months now. Yeah. You know? Nine, nine months if you're independent, you know? Yeah, a year yeah. if you just started. <laughs> so, yeah. So I say that to say this, when you choose that route, you 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 are at the mercy of the market. Mm. Rick is not. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you have your ups, you have your downs. But I think you can kind of you can you can stay, you know, on course if you div- if you if you do it a little bit slower. If you if yeah. you don't choose, you don't have to, to even if it's not about finances, but just about staying, staying power, you know? I, I want I want someone to be, you know, like saying later, like, damn, G's had his brand for three decades, four decades, you know? Staying, staying around seems to be the real hard part. Yeah. No matter where you have your highs or your lows, and I don't copy anybody. I don't pull up to the fucking factory with military pieces. I don't pull up with you know my favorite raft pieces. I copy <laughs> myself. You know. Right. Every every season, I just make it better. I just make it better. I just make it better. But for me, the fashion pieces are sentiments. They're moments in time that I try to remember and thinking that they come out as products. Uh, and I fill in the, I yeah. fill in the blanks where needed. Right. Um. And that's how my collections come to be. But it's not, yo, the homie did cargos. I got to do cargos. <laughs> that is very much a text thread that a lot of people send. Well, it's like, this person did this. How do we? Well, then yeah, you, yeah, because yeah. No, you're you exactly have sales right. teams. You have showrooms. Yep. Merchandisers, they call them, right? Yeah. And you have this whole other group of people who are charged with the task of making you a commercial success but that only means within their distribution channels and what brands are you next to within their strategy so it's very easy to get fucking lost in the sauce like really fast yeah yeah and again if you take the fast route more than likely you're copying somebody and if you're copying somebody you're their student and you have to continue even worse if it works for you if you copy a trend and it hits you are stuck copying trends forever And that's how you spend your day. And that's how you spend your time, paying attention to and copying something quicker than the other guy. That sounds terrible. So for me, I'm like, yo, fuck all that. Let me focus on, you know, how I want to spend my time, how I want to live my life, and what are the things that I need to fill in all the the texture, you know? Like, even if it doesn't go as fast as, you know, as as it does for some other people, I feel good about my, you know, my, my sort of momentum, even if it's not like only forward momentum right you know, might might go left right might go a little crazy but at the end of the day sure sure every year at least on my end i see the the, the thing the barometer being uh higher and higher and higher you know even if it's not outward and it's not public and it's not my face being more and more relevant on the search engine the product gets better you know and mm-hmm. i've heard stories uh about arno or renzo right where they can't even be inside a store because they just go touch everything you know and they still mm-hmm. they're still 
product people at the end of the day. Like you, even with all of the noise, you know, you can't walk past a leather bag and be like, yeah, you know what? They sold this shit wrong, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and I've heard stories that these guys still do that. Can you imagine or no still checking product at the Louis Heavy shop? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's got to be nuts. It, yeah. it, but it's it's, you know, I think it's a different commitment to the to the work. And, and I and, yeah. and I'm very much one of, you know, one of those people. So I'm focused. I'm, I'm focused on the thing. Obviously, I pay attention. I'm not an idiot. Um, and, and I like cool stuff that people do, but it doesn't mean that I go and implement it into my, into, into mm. my, my collection of my work because it might not have a place there. You know, and the second you do that, like you said, you know, nobody trusts your brand anymore. It's like, what the fuck is G doing making, you know, I don't know, whatever. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, like now I'm making headphones. You're like, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did do a couple beer partnerships, you know, but like I drink beer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. I think it's it's when people just like do totally new products. Like sometimes, look, you got you gotta you gotta get the bag yeah, to stay alive. Well, I mean, look, I get, I, I get it, but there are there are ways to do it where I, I guess what I'm saying is like when you don't have to and you still do that, it's yeah. it's, it's 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 tough, and you pay the price for it later. You really yeah. do, you know. And they, again, back to what I said. God forbid, you know, you you make like let's say you never ever wore. A pair of like uh i don't know what they call donk sandals right ever like havaianas right but then all of a sudden havaianas yeah. are like the most popping item for every brand because essence said so <laughs> and you make havaianas right hmm. guess what your havaianas are the most lit essence sold out they need more now you're now you make up now you're a havaianas brand yeah and you hate them personally like inside you know you're like god i hate those yeah. fucking sandals but now that's what people know you for and the second you don't make havaianas anymore stores drop your brand because they only came to you to buy the sample right you know that's a tough one that's that's yeah i mean you so see then you're like well some, fuck some, okay well yeah. what's the other thing people are buying now okay tamagotchis you know let's make tamagotchi cases you know <laughs> boom next thing you know you're like so once you bite into that low-hanging fruit you got to really be careful yeah that's where i think our conversation in florence really is stuck with me even you know they do even though we talk very little because the people we talked about they never did any of that shit you know they kind of lived and died by their own sword but nonetheless you know there's still two people here who they never met talking about you know how much they love their own work and i think that that's beautiful i always i always really you know i imagine if anybody's gonna talk about me i would want a conversation like that you know like yeah remember when he made that weird fucking jacket fit like shit but it was cool you know like you know i I like that i think that that's an awesome conversation you know yeah i don't want people to think you know look back and be like yo remember the barbie collab the fool did because every other company did a barbie collab yeah it was hard yeah it's not yeah so so again you know just for and it like i'm I'm, I'm gonna say you know younger people kids whatever yeah just just look down the line a little bit longer you know a little bit further yeah give yourself that was 10 years goes by a lot faster than you would imagine and you you do have to look back at all the things you were a part of. It's true. And, it's true. Uh, you know, damn. And in the long term, you know, it's not like, oh, I wish I didn't do it. It's just, did it really add, you know, to your work? Did it really give another layer to your work that, that, that was useful? You know, that was, yeah, that, that you could be proud of. And in some cases, a big partnership with a corporation is, is just, just what you needed right at that time, you know, but still, like I look back at my, my Modelo, you know, billboards with my, I put my brothers on there. We looked like the reservoir dogs. I'll think that shit's cool forever. (laughs) 
you know? It's literally me yeah, and my yeah, brothers yeah. and our best friends here in LA. It was like a little, you know, banda of Latin kids on billboards all over LA. Like, doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> anything. It's, I look back on that and think it's fucking cool, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I needed the money to stay afloat, you know? <laughs> but but still, you know, we did it in our own way. And I just, I just, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't turn down anything popular, but um, it, 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 just for the sake of turning it down, that's not it either, you know? But yeah. it just makes sure it, it, it adds to your overall story in one way or another. I think that's probably the best way to say it, you know? Like, if if you're, if you're it's a book, you know, is it a, a even a sentence in the book that's going to add, you know, to the whole world that you're building? And if not, then yeah. fuck it off. Just say no. Just don't do it. <laughs> that's true. Damn, bars. Not everything has to be a big, a big hit, too, you know? It could be just a weird little thing that you did, you know? But, like, just make sure that it has added value. I think that's, that's yeah. my, that, if I had to say anything, you know, from this last decade on Fairfax to the next decade of my life, I think those two words really encompass my mission at this moment in time is I want to, to be added value. I, mm. I want my physical, you know, flesh to represent added value. Whatever room I step into, I want to add, you know, I want to add value to that room, that conversation, the product, the the strategy, the, you know, relationships with uh, my girlfriend, relationships with my family. I want to add value. That's, that's my, that's what I want to be. I want to like stop being a human and I want to actually just be added value. That's what I would like. Damn. That would be sick. Well, you added value to this, my friend. This was great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for, for taking so much time with me and chatting. We'll do this again soon, man. You've been listening to Blamo. We're edited by Amar Lal, our music by Breakmaster Cylinder, and we're produced by Blamo Media. If you like the show, tell a friend. Give us some good vibes, and you can follow us on social media at Blamo Podcast, or send us an email at info at blamopod.com. If you want to join and hang with us, you can join the Blam fam at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive shows, exclusive episodes, and our amazing, incredible Slack community. All right, folks, that's it from me. We'll see you soon.